and welcome to the very first podcast episode of the Debutante Report. I'm your host, Michael Lung, here to break down the new season of Australian Survivor, Brains vs. Brawn. Now, for those of you who have been following the Debutante Report, was originally just a sports blog, just myself writing sports articles. But now it's a podcast. It's great to be able to branch out into different things. Some of you might know that Survivor is one of my favorite shows. And so I'm super excited that we're going to be discussing this new season on at the moment. And with me today for our very first episode is a very special guest, my twin sister, Emma Jane. Emma Jane, how are you? Hi, Michael. I'm well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to join you on this podcast today. I know how passionate you are about sports and entertainment and congratulations on the debutante report. I'm glad you can share these passions with anyone who's interested. I'm not sure how helpful I will be on this podcast, but thank you for inviting me on. How are you going? Yeah, I'm going well. Thanks for those kind words. It's great to be able to have you on our very first podcast episode. Um, Yeah, I'm just super excited to be able to talk to someone about this new season. It's great to have Survivor back on our TV screens, hey? First off, though, I think it'd be great to just to get to know you a bit better and your Survivor background. So I think it's a good idea to run through a few quickfire intro questions, if that's all right. So first question, what is your Survivor background? So Survivor started when the year that we were born. Um, but I didn't really watch it until you got involved and I started watching um, when you were involved, I guess. Um, so I've seen Australian Survivor, a couple of the US seasons and the South African seasons. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great that I can finally talk to you about this kind of stuff because previously it was just me watching Survivor and I had no one to talk to about it. Um, who is your favourite Survivor player? and season from any of the global variants of the show? Oh, I like this question. Um, from Australian Survivor, my favourite player would be David. He had such a strong social, strategic and physical game. From the South African Survivor, I would have to say maybe Werner or Mike. And from the US, this might be a very odd, um, odd one, but... I'm going to have to say my favourite would be Laurel from Ghost Island. Um, I think she had, she was in a powerful position, didn't use her power, but in the end, she chose the winner. So I think she's the most powerful person. And so to the second part, my favourite season from the global version would definitely be Winners at War. Wow, that's some very interesting you? picks. Uh, I'm yeah, pretty so sure it's you're not very fast, but <laughs> that was my. I'm pretty sure you're the only person in the whole world that would pick Laurel as your favorite Survivor player. That's a very interesting pick. But Laurel is a good player. I'll give you that. My favorite Survivor player. Oh, there's so many. Obviously, I have to go with like Luke himself, King of the Jungle, mm, yeah. fan favorite. Always loved, this might be a controversial pick, but I've always loved Russell Hance. I thought he was a great player, no matter how polarizing he may be. And Werner from South Africa was just such a good player. He he should have won his season for sure. He dominated his season. He was one of my favorites too. Um, And then season-wise, Survivor South Africa Philippines is a very, very good season. That's definitely up there. And then from US, I'd say... Dave versus Goliath. That's one of my favorite seasons. And 
from Australia. This might be a controversial pick, but I would say season four Champions versus Contenders 2 is the best season that they've had. Um, that's topped 2017 and topped All-Stars. I think that was their best season they've done. Wow, um, so that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I've got a few left field picks as well. But back to you, some of your intro questions. What is your favourite blind side of all time? And it can come from any international variant of the se- of Survivor. Um, I would say probably the Australian Survivor when it was Luke, Jericho and Sarah. Um, they had a plurality vote and voted out Tessa. Yeah, I'd have to say that's definitely up there for me as well. That three to two to two to two vote has to be one of the more complicated votes and just it was such a good one too. I mean, four people received votes at that tribal council, so that's absolutely crazy. So, yeah, that's definitely up there for me as well. But back to back looking at um, this current season of Australian Survivor, just how good is it that Australian Survivor is back in our TV screens? It's been over a year since we've seen Survivor in Australia. I think the last one is All Stars and just seems like a lot longer than the normal break that we get in between seasons. I just wanted to get your initial thoughts of this season so far. Obviously, it's not filmed in Fiji like it always has been. It's now in um, northwest Queensland. So you definitely get that new look and feel about it. It's a lot more dusty and definitely you get the Australian Outback vibe of it being the really harsh weather. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on this, the new environment and I guess the theme as well of being... Brains versus brawn. Yeah, um, definitely very different scenery to compared to the island beach life. I'm thinking that it's going to be very harsh um, and much more intense than what normally happens in Fiji. Um, I'm actually kind of liking this brains versus brawn theme, although it kind of feels a bit like champions versus contenders seems like that the brawn tribe will just dominate the whole of the pre-merge. So I'm keen to see how it plays out. I know brains have been doing quite well with the puzzles. Um, so I'm liking that. But yeah, the cast, um, they've got some really good characters. I'm enjoying it so far for the first three episodes. I'm keen to see more of what they have for us. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely definitely a different look and feel about it. I have to admit, I was actually pretty hesitant when I found out the theme of this season being Brains versus Brawn, simply because I was worried that it would turn into another Champions versus Contenders where the Brawn or the physically stronger players would just dominate the season, um, especially in the pre-merge, and we wouldn't really get much of one try. We'd only just see the physically dominant players play. So I'm a bit worried how that's going to turn out. I mean, obviously, these first three episodes, we've seen the brains dominate the challenges so far, winning two to, two to one immunities. So it's definitely on a bit of a different trajectory this season. But I'm just I'm a bit concerned that if there's not a tribe swap soon, we might be looking at another physically dominant season. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that they should have a, a more than one swap. Um, before the merge just because I feel that it will have there will be more options for the players maybe um, different like ways to build more relationships to get further ahead in the game yeah for sure I think we already we see it already that 
whilst the tribes are divided into brains versus brawn, you can see that there's still stronger physically players on the brains tribe and some people who don't fit in is as well physically on the brawn tribe. So it's not a complete mismatch. However, there's still a bit of an outlier when it comes to um, those physically dominant still doing well in the tribe game. Like we've seen already so far that those considered physically weak have already been voted out. So I'm not too sure how the season's going to stack up in terms of those who are physically strong and those who probably aren't as physically strong but have strengths in other areas. And yeah, Australian Survivor loves to lean into these little categories, I say, like champions versus contenders, you have one group pitted against another, similar here, brains versus brawn. So I'm wondering how that's going to play out because when it comes to a swap or when it comes to merge, we might see players really delve into those factions and will be quite um, stubborn in terms of wanting to stay with their original tribe mates just simply because, oh yeah, we're brain strong or we're brawn strong. I think it could get a bit difficult to handle later on or not difficult to handle, but just a little bit sticky in terms of alliances and not as fluid. A good example of, um, of when this ended up working well, when the game was fluid, yet we still had this one faction pitted against another faction was, um, Dave versus Goliath, as I said before, a US season, one of my favourite seasons of all time. We started off with a tribe of Davids and a tribe of Goliaths. So on paper, a team of underdogs and a team of top dogs. But this only lasted the first three episodes. Like we got a swap after the first, I think, episode four, we got our first swap. And after that, that whole theme of David versus Goliath or top dog versus underdog was completely wiped. And we got left with a really fluid, a real entertaining season of Survivor. Similar like Survivor 2017, we didn't have a theme. And I'd say that's probably up there as well as being one of the top seasons of all time globally. So I'm really worried about how, well, not worried, but it would be interesting to see how this theme plays out and if players will want to stick with their original tribe factions or if they'd divvy it up and um, we'd see a bit more flipping and a bit more entertaining blindsides happening. Yeah, I hope that there will be more blindsides mm. going to happen, even though maybe you say that there's the people are going to stick to their original tribe brain strong or brawn strong well we've already seen quite a bit of strategic gameplay happen already i think it's good if we would dive into each episode so far this week starting off with episode one on sunday i think we have to talk about this new advantage that comes into play what do you think yeah definitely of course it was such a big advantage yeah, it's an advantage we haven't seen before. We see George find an advantage at the well. Of course it's at the well. Of course Survivor would put their first advantage or clue at the well. So we see George find an advantage where he's allowed to save five other people at Tribal Council. Now, this is an advantage that we've never seen before in any global variation of Survivor. I had a bit of a mixed opinion on this, on this advantage, but I want to hear your perspective first. What did you think about it? Okay. Yeah, it was interesting it was very early for this advantage and it was new no one has ever seen or heard about this before I mean George he did so well to find it and to you know he didn't tell anyone which is probably a bad idea because he blindsided pretty much his whole tribe he could have chosen not to play it but I think it's such a big advantage and maybe they don't come as often Maybe he just thought, yeah, it's, um, I'll play it. But I feel that 
he only saved himself and maybe Wei because she was on the chopping block. Yeah, he should have probably told more people about his plan first. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like this is the only advantage ever in Survivor where you should be telling people about it because otherwise it wouldn't have worked. I feel like George tried something where he wanted to build an alliance by saving people, but he didn't have like good relationships with them at all at the start. And that's what you need for this advantage to work. Yeah, I, think, I don't think it united them. Yeah, for sure. I think we saw even after Tribal Council, the five that were left behind ended up having a stronger bond than the six who left, tri- who left Tribal early. So, yeah, it didn't work out too well for George. But an interesting way of playing it, I think, I saw an Instagram story on David, David Janat's account um, and he explained what he would have done when he got this advantage. And he said that he would he would have told his alliance of six before Tribal Council about his advantage and then would have left them at Tribal so that his desired target would get eliminated. Well, in this case, Mitch. So he would Mitch would have been gone. And in this case as well, he would have taken another group of five back to camp, but five that he wasn't aligned with. So that would have put George in a really good position if he played this well, if he played this right. He would have had two sides where he could where he would have had trust with. I think, yeah, I think it's a bit of a misplay by George. He could have played it a lot better. And I think he's put left himself in a bit of a tricky situation with not many allies left except for Wei. Oh wow, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe he could have played it better. Yeah, that's for sure. I think just in general though. The advantage itself being a new advantage, from my perspective, it's good TV. It's definitely good TV. It forces the players to play their hand earlier than we normally see because given Australian Survivor such a long competition, it goes for 48 days now, but used to go for even longer. We saw players used to hold back a bit more and then in the end a beta player, like those lower key players would end up winning except in one circumstance. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so I guess... CBS Network 10, whoever runs Survivor these days, SEG, they want to get the game moving a bit quicker um, and don't want to have people so much laying laying low. I mean, we saw how great TV David was when he won All-Stars and he didn't lay low from the start. So I guess they're trying to increase the level of gameplay right right off the bat, um, which is a good sign, I guess, for the TV audience. From the player's perspective, though, this is more of a disadvantage than an advantage. Like, unless you pull that off, that example that I gave of da- David's example, there's no real other way of saving yourself. You put yourself in a bad position mm. if whether you play this advantage or not. Yeah, you've got a target on yourself either way. Yeah. If you, or you could not play it at all, but that's maybe it would a seem, wasted opportunity. Yeah. But It would seem like a wasted opportunity. And if you try to bring it up later as a fake advantage, I don't think anyone's going to believe you. Like, why would you want to save six people? Yeah, that's a lot. Bit of an interesting one there. Um, But yeah, we saw in our first episode, good old Phil get voted out. I think he was a bit unlucky, surely. I mean, he wouldn't have expected this to come. definitely unlucky. Yeah, he should definitely be given a second shot. Survive a second chance. Australia should be a new season coming up soon, hey? Yeah, I agree. That would be fun. (laughs) That would be a fun season. Well, that was the first episode. Moving on to the second episode of this week. We saw Janelle get voted out, unfortunately, from the Braun tribe. The Braun tribe going to tribal council for the first time. What did you think of that? Like, I thought it was 
Interesting. They, you think that Braun would dominate every single challenge, win everything, all the rewards, all the immunities, but Reigns did so well to complete the puzzle and to complete the challenge first, and they won immunity. So, good job to the Brains tribe. Um, for Braun, I feel that they seem to they seem to be united, but then suddenly they were just divided. You know, there was this plan another plan that was happening when everyone was kind of on the same page to vote out Janelle. Yeah. I feel like Janelle, Janelle right, rightfully went home. She was the right option to go home, given that she was on the outs from the start being an older woman who wasn't as physically strong as the rest of the tribe. However, it wasn't as simple as what it should have been. Like there should have been mm. an easy vote survivor at the start. You try to get off the easy person. You don't want to put your neck out there. But for she some did her reason, best to defend herself. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she did the best that she could given the situation. I mean, I don't really see if there was a way out. But for some reason, okay, we see Simon, Gavin, and Emmett try to form something and blindside Shannon. Now, in my opinion, this was a stupid move, but I get where they're coming from. They're trying to play the game hard right off the bat and try to impose some dominance on their tribe. But I feel like it just created even more diversity and ended up digging themselves a hole. Mm. Yeah, I think the girls could have formed together and maybe built their own alliance that way. Uh, Mm. But yeah, I think that because that strong boys alliance was so evident and so dominant, it seemed like they put their put a target on their own back because their plan didn't end up working. Yeah, because we see Kez, sorry, not Kez, Flick. Flick and Kez, I keep getting confused with them because they look so alike. But Flick, we see her flip on the original Strong Six. I call them the Strong Six, even though they're not a six anymore. Flick ended up flipping on them. Yeah, just the fact that they went for Shannon and it didn't pay off there's no way that Flick's going to go over to them. There's no way that Shannon's going to go over to them. They basically alienated themselves from yeah. any of the other alliances by showing their hand too quick. Yeah. I mean, Flick for Flick, I think it was a good idea that she didn't jump on board because I feel that she would have been on the outside of the, of the core alliance. And plus she probably wouldn't have much flexibility or I guess choice in their decision-making of where they go next. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm really interested to see actually how many of the players on these car on this cast were recruits, because surely people who've seen Survivor and know how Australian Survivor works knows that you don't make a big move right off the start. Like, okay, perhaps assuming that some of these players are recruits, they probably would have wouldn't have known much about Survivor. They would have would have seen All Stars and seen how hard everyone was playing right off the bat. And was thinking, oh, I need to play just as hard so I can be just like David and and win this game. But I think little do they know, David was probably one of the unicorns of Survivor ever to last, mm-hmm. especially in Australian Survivor, which is so such a long game and that needs to be maintained right from the beginning. I think they, yeah, they definitely shot themselves in the foot at the start. But it'll be interesting to see how they work at work their way out of this because surely there's a swap coming. They seem to be doing, well, if they can keep winning challenges, they probably won't have to go to Trouble Council again. But I guess yeah. like this aura that they give off 
especially Simon and Emmett, of just cockiness. I'm not sure how well that's going to rub off with other other contestants, other tribe mates. Yeah, I don't know. We'll probably have to find out. Yeah, and going well, like- back to your point before, even if Flick did flip to the boys' alliance, they wouldn't have got – they wouldn't – Shannon wouldn't have gone home because I think someone – it was Gavin who... Yeah, it was Gavin. How did he mess that up? That's so strange. Like, you got you got one job, but it's the first vote. How do you mess up the first vote? I think it, it was too complex, too complicated. They, yeah. Maybe you're right. They could have just stayed there. But anyway, someone, the tribe, the Braun tribe feel that they're stronger that way, getting rid of Janelle. But I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next week or two. Well... Gavin definitely, yeah, he made a mistake there. I mean, even if he did vote the right way, Janelle was still going to go home. But <laughs> it's such a cardinal sin in Survivor, just messing up the vote. I mean, like we saw Natalie Anderson in Survivor 29 in the US actually make it work when she voted out someone accidentally, when she wrote the wrong yeah. name down, ended up winning the season. It was a game-changing move for her. Super strategic on her part, but it worked out for her. But Gavin, I mean, it kind of worked out for him, but he's not here anymore because he got voted out the next episode. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe he was like a speedboat Steve. <laughs> I've not, I, his character, yeah. I really I don't really think anyone's going to get that reference, but if you do, you're a super fan of Survivor if you know who speedboat Steve is. Um, but, yeah, moving on to episode three of this week, Gavin went home and the Broad Tribe went back to Tribal Council. I mean, props has to be given, though, to the challenge department to be able to make it a more even contest because in previous Survivors, especially in the Australian version, it's been so physically challenge-based. Like we see, especially in Champions versus Contenders, Contenders couldn't keep up, especially against like former mm. athletes who are just super physically strong. It's really good to see in this season that they've kind of evened things out a bit. I think we saw yeah. in one of the challenges that we had the puzzle at the start and that kind yeah, of gave like the that. brains a head start. Yeah, it was really great, wasn't it? Yeah, usually I'm not a big fan of the challenges, but I think they did really well this time around. Yeah, that's for sure. And it gave like people like Way and George a chance to shine. Like People on the outs right from the start actually won their way back into their tribe's good graces. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good, good to see. Good on them for doing that. Yeah. But once again, Braun goes to Tribal Council and once again, we have a dilemma on our hands. So who's going to vo- get voted out? Obviously, we have a group of six against a group of five and we see someone find an idol. We see Kez find an idol. How good is that? Yeah, go Kez. I love, I love the idol finds. It's <laughs> such, a good, such a good clue hanging on a tree, you know, um, and I think the idol was positioned in a really great spot just for, from viewing perspective, probably not so much for the player, but I think she did really well to claim that idol with the help from Flick. Uh, that was very, very, very well done. Yeah, I feel like it's a lovely idol hunt, the idol find. I mean, like, it kind of gets overplayed a bit in US Survivor, but this, like, really took me back to, like, Kelly Wentworth in Survivor Cambodia when she had to look under the shelter to get her idol. Where, like, just, like, the whole hunt and the whole strategy that has to yeah. go into just Trying finding the idol it itself secret yeah without anyone seeing or knowing 
but I like how, she, you know, this one, you don't just find it and hide it yourself and not tell anyone. So you have to tell someone to help you out. Otherwise, you would not be able to get that idol for yourself. Yeah, that was really great from Flick and Kez. I think Flick and Kez are actually playing really well so far early in this season. Flick especially yeah, has been... Yeah, they have a really good strategy and social game. Yeah, Flick especially has managed to play really well socially and be able to flip between... An al- or already flipped from an alliance and still be still be doing pretty well in the tribe. I think just like her demeanor is very non-threatening. Like I don't see anyone trying to go after Flick this early. Um, I mean, so, she's yeah. a surfer. She can do the water challenges. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty handy in challenges. But yeah, I don't see her getting voted out anytime soon, really. Maybe she might get swap screwed, but Maybe. we'll see if that happens. But yeah, we're heading into tribal council and we should have a clear 6-5 majority. But for some reason, Danny's in the middle. Good old Danny. What's happening over here? Yeah, what's Danny doing? He's still <laughs> undecided. Yeah, it should have been an easy vote, but for some reason he's stuck in the middle and goes gets talked talked to by the other side, trying to they're trying to flip him over to them and try to create another six five. So we got Danny in the middle. But my my issue here is with his decision to vote for Gavin. Because either way he goes, he's burned a few bridges or not burned like he's he's tarnished his relationship a bit with each alliance no matter which way he goes now explain why if he goes with the strong six i'm going to call them strong six because that's what i've established if he goes with the strong six and votes off shannon he's burned his relationships with the other side right yeah now if he votes for gavin he's hurt his relationship with kez because Kez didn't need to play her idol. Yeah, he could have told her who he was voting for. I mean, yeah, sure. Like, I'm assuming that Danny and Kez did speak beforehand and that he was pro- he probably told Kez to play her idol. I mean, if not, great read on Kez. She heard, she could see that yeah. votes were coming her way, played her idol, negated so a lot well. of votes. She played her idol super, super well. But surely she must be mad at Danny for not voting the right way. Yeah, I mean, like, I technically know. you did vote the right way, but I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Sad to see Gavin go. I think he could have been... He could, he, he, in his preview package, he had a really good call on to be the first Indigenous player to win Survivor, which, of course, well done to him for trying. But, yeah, a bit unfortunate that he got left behind or that he got voted out. Yeah, I, don't, I agree. To be honest, I don't. I wouldn't really see him going that far. I mean, he might have been like a leave from season one, challenge beast when it comes to end of the merge or start of merge, like end of the merge. Don't know if he'd make it very far. Maybe like a Simon Black as well, get dragged along as a number. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he had a good. Um, well, if he didn't get voted out, he would have had that solid group of people with him. Yeah, and that's I mean, for sure. Voting for with three people is quite strong. Let's go. Let's go back to this though. This group of three, Emmett, George, and Simon. This group was highlighted right from the start as being a danger trio. Mm. But last time I checked, three is not a majority in 12. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why people are so afraid of this. I mean, like, obviously, like, people might be drawn to them, but there's nine other people. Maybe they could be a future threat. I think that they're looking down, maybe, maybe come merge, that they might be a future threat. But yeah, out of 12 people, three people, or maybe it could have been like a Pia, Janine, and Abby. Um, yeah, they maybe. They were really strong as that three. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they could have decided, oh, look, Dany, you're not helping either side. We could just vote Dany out. But, you know, maybe they needed the strength for the next, the following. Challenge. Yeah, that would have been interesting if they went, if they both went to vote out the split vote. Interesting tactic. We haven't seen that before in, I don't think, in Survivor right off the bat. But that would have been an interesting one, hey? Yeah. All right, yeah. I think we're going to move on to a segment that I'm getting to introduce for the rest of this Survivor season that we'll be covering. It's called Ooh, Quote Games. of the Week. <laughs> we might change the name later on, should we choose to, but I'm going to be picking out some of my favourite quotes from this uh, week of episodes of Survivor. Uh, we're going to see which one do you think should win Quote of the Week. What do you think, Emma Jane? I like this. I like games. Let's play. Awesome. Awesome. Let's get into it. Okay. First quote I've got, I've only got two this week. We might see if we can find a few more for the next few episodes, but okay. First quote for this week. It's freezing cold. And I'm just thinking, Kez, why didn't you bring a jacket? You're in the outback in the freezing cold with a singlet and short shots on. Good idea, Kez. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one. That was her first confessional. That was. So, so <laughs> I know, good. like the so first. The first time we see her. First thing we get to know about Kez is that she didn't pack a jacket. <laughs> I just love that so much. Oh, the editing on that's been oh, that's so good. All right, second one, second quote, second nominee for quote of the week comes from George. Without context, <laughs> here we go. Thank you, Macedonian Jesus, for helping me on Survivor. <laughs> oh my. What a character, George. I mean, you know, he's he seems like he's so like he knows a lot. He's strategic, but feel I feel like not many people are on board with him or his plans. But I mean, some of, some of the one liners he gives are just like they're super funny, whether intentional or not. Like, what was that time when he was walk? He, he was talking to his tribe beforehand. What was he saying? Yeah. Uh, maybe we shouldn't make fire. Maybe we should just rest. Okay, let's all rest. And then he goes out for like a really long walk and comes back really tired. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Oh, the editing was, that was so funny. Oh, I love George. I I actually really liked George from the start, just on paper, reading through some of the, some of the blurbs for each, each player. I, I thought George could have been a really good one. He seemed, he seemed yeah. one that could have been really strategic. Um, and wanted to play the game with um, from that kind of perspective. I don't know. I just didn't really get the same vibe off a lot of the other members of the cast. Like, I haven't heard any cast members so far say that they're a super fan of Survivor, which really put me a bit, maybe a bit uneasy about this season, about whether it would be super strategic or if we get a whole bunch of just players who didn't know how to play the game or how, know how it worked. And, yeah, I was a bit worried about it from the start, but... From what we've seen so far, there's still been a lot of highly strategic gameplay, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But getting back to quote of the week, um, which one do you think should be in quote of the week oh. this week, Emma Jane? Um, I like both of them. Mm, I'll also suggest one. I don't know. I like the classic JLP. Come on in, guys. Oh, that's a classic. You can't beat that um, one. Oh. I, I don't know. You decide. You can decide. Oh. I think I'm going to have to go for Kez's one. Just like the context of it and being the first thing we see here about Kez. Oh, it was so funny. I love that one. So good on you, Kez, to win quote of the week. Yeah, go Kez. <laughs> we'll see who wins next week. I might have to keep a better eye out for some of the quotes. Um, okay, let's keep a tally for each each week. 
Yes, people people listening can keep a tally of that, but Kez, Kez is on the board with the first one. Let's see who will win Code of the Week for this season. Anything else that we missed talking about tonight, Emma Jane? Um, I probably, but I. I mean, we haven't seen the full cast yet, so I guess there's still a few people we, we need to get to know. I think I'm really excited for Andrew and for Benny, even though we haven't heard much about them. Those seem like some guys who could play the game a, a bit well, but yeah. Yeah, they seem like well-rounded. For yeah, them. we'll have to wait and see what their perspectives are, but I want to thank you, Emma Jane, for joining me on this first episode of the podcast. Um, what have you got going on this week? Oh, thanks for having me, Michael. Um, This week, um, I've been doing my internship with Kuji Refill. Um, I've been uh, making some oat milk. So I'll probably be continuing to do some cooking and watching Survivor. What about you? (laughs) Yeah, it's a great way to spend your lockdown, hey, isn't it? Well, I'll be working. I'll be watching some more Survivor. Um, Just trying to find things to do, especially in lockdown. Um, Trying to keep myself sane, which it's good when we have Zoom. We can still talk to people, hey? It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm talking to you right now. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to the very first episode of the Debutante Report. If you made it all the way to the end, I really appreciate you if you did. You can still listen to Emma Jane and I ramble on about Survivor. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Debutante Report. And let me know your thoughts on Twitter at Debutante Report. If you agreed or disagreed with anything I've mentioned in the episode, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. But yeah, hope to see you guys next week. Um, on the pod, we'll be recapping week two of Survivor, of Australian Survivor, Brains versus Brawn. We hope to see you then. We'll see you guys later. Have a great one. See ya. Bye.